Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Good morning, Pastor Dottie here. Um, anyone that doesn't know me, I am the women's pastor at Every Nation, New Jersey. Pastor Adam, he um, he's away, so he asked me if I would preach today. So the me- my message today is called Good Soil. And I'm going to take us to the parable on the sower. Now, Jesus, he loved to, to teach in parables. And there was a reason for that, because he found that when he told stories, he could take a very difficult spiritual truth and help paint pictures for us so we could grasp the reality of that. Now, this particular parable is very dear to my heart, because this is the one when I was very early in being saved, the Holy Spirit led me to this parable. So I'm going to start with Luke 8, 5. And it said, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. You know, when I read that, I was very drawn to it, but I really didn't understand what it meant. So I looked down a few verses in 11 and 12, and that's where Jesus explained it. And this is what Jesus said. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones that hear, and then the devil comes along and takes it away from their heart so they may not believe and be saved. As soon as I read that, an alarm went off. You know, I was very early on in my phase of being born again. I really didn't understand what had happened to me, but I knew one thing. I did not want to lose it. So I dug into this parable and I started reading the whole thing. And I read all about the rocky soil and then the thorns. And then I got down to verse 15. And this is what it said, because it talks about the good soil. But this, but the seed that fell on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word and retain it and by persevering produce a crop. So when I heard that, I started praying and crying out to God. I said, God, please may the soil of my heart be that good soil. And it, that was the first that I experienced the fear of the Lord and the fear of the Lord because I knew he was the one in control of everything. And so it just drew me to him. I clung to him and I cried out to him that it would I would have that good soil. And so I started to explore this whole parable. And it was kind of really neat because, you know, you know what Jesus said about this particular parable? He said, if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand any of them. So let's today, let us explore this parable. Now, this parable, there are two main points in this parable. The first is um, that we would truly understand the power and the purpose of God's word. And the second is that we would guard our heart, guard our heart at all costs. So my message today is going to explore this whole parable. So we're going to go to Luke 8 five through eight. The farmer went out to sow his seeds, and as he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and it was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered, because they had no moisture. Other seed fell along the thorns, which grew up with it, and choked the plants. Still others 
fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop of hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. And then Jesus went down to explain it. In 8, 11 through 15, Jesus said, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And the devil, then the devil comes along and takes away the word from their heart so they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are ones who receive the word with joy. But when they hear it, but because they have no root, they believe for a while. But in times of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell along the thorns are those who hear, but they go on their way and are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a good and noble heart who hears the word, retains it, and perseveres, producing a crop. So let's look at this whole parable and let's explore it. So the first question is, what is the soil? The soil it speaks of is our heart and the condition of our heart. So it is so important to guard our heart. And it speaks of this in Proverbs. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart because your whole life, everything you do flows from your heart. Now there are four different kinds of soils. The first is hard, it is like pavement. The second is rocky, there's a rocky ledge and just below the surface, so the wall, so it's very shallow there. The third is filled with thorns, much like weeds. You know, if you have a garden and there's weeds all over, that's what it looks like. But the fourth, the fourth is the good soil. And that is the soil. That is the soil that we want. That is the soil that we can pray for and ask the Lord for, that we would have that good soil. So what is the seed now? The seed, from what they're saying, it's the word of God. Then the nature of a seed is whatever seed is planted, whatever that seed is planted, it will produce. Now an apple seed, what is it going to produce? It's going to produce an apple tree. And why is that? That's because this is God's law of sowing and reaping. And it applies in the natural realm and, and in the spiritual realm. Now it's the word of God that transforms our soul. Our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. Now there's just two points that I want to make through my message today. The first one is, it is the word of God that transforms us, that empowers us, that leads us, that convicts us. And we need to make room for the word of God in our mind. And as we do, we will make room for it in our heart. The second is we have to guard our heart for it to take root into us, for it to take root deep into us, because the word of God has to get deep into the soil of your heart for it to truly be effective. So we can resist some temptation, so we can hear God's voice, so we can remain strong in our faith, so we know what it is to walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, rather than satisfy the lust of the flesh. For us to experience this and to see this manifested in our life, we need to intentionally make room for the Word of God in our mind intentionally do that all throughout the day. Now getting back to the soil, 
We'll start with the soil that was on the path. And it's said that it was almost like pavement. And the reason for that is when this farmer, when he walked along and he was tending to his crops, that's where he walked. Now that is very hard. So when the seed comes, it doesn't get received at all. So you have to ask yourself, is there anything in my life where my heart is so hardened, it just doesn't receive anything? And it took me back to years ago, you know, because salvation, I did not meet the Lord till very late in life. And there was a reason for that, because my heart, my heart was hard. And what had hardened it was just an experience I had in my teens. Now, in my teens, I, my mom, she took me to church and, you know, I love God. I love Jesus. I love to pray. It wasn't a real Bible learning church. So I really didn't get a, a true understanding of how to live the Christian life. And when I was 16, I, in, I was, got pregnant with my daughter. Now, her dad and I, we did want to get married as young as we were. So, but when, when we went to the reverend of my church, he absolutely refused to marry us. And his whole attitude was very harsh and his very demeanor. And just that one moment, my heart hardened to God because of a mere man. How easily, how fragile that our hearts can be at times. And the thing is, the reason I bring that up, because, you know, you see that can happen to people that have been saved a long time. They've been in church and something along the way happens. Maybe the pastor, maybe, you know, maybe there's something about the pastor that, that you know, they're disappointed in their pastor. Maybe someone in the church offends them. And so what happens? Their heart hardens and they start to walk away. And this is a time of testing when this happens. It could even be you're just so busy, so many things that have come into your life. You don't have time to go to church on a Sunday. Eh, you'll slip in a video sometime during the week. But it's not a top priority. You're not no longer putting God first in your life. And so the word says very clearly, we're not to neglect meeting together. God calls us to be together as a church family. And besides that, when you do, when that happens, you are vulnerable. Because, you know, it says in God's word, the enemy, Satan, he is like a roaring lion who prowls about to see who he can devour. And when you are alone and out there, you're vulnerable for that. And look what Jesus said, I will build my church, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Who is the church? You and I are the church and we need to be together. So it is very important. It can be a time of testing when you are tempted to walk away. So anyway, as I was meditating on this parable, it brought me back brought me back, you know, to the beginning. It brought me back and made me re remember again, wow, am I guarding my heart as much as I should so the word can get deeply rooted in me? And I started to pray again, God, give me that good soil. Please make the soil of my heart be that good soil. Stay that good soil. So what does, what does good soil look like? Good soil is soft. Good soil is well watered. Good soil stays close to Jesus. This is what Jesus said. If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from him. As we go to Jesus, those rivers of living water will flow. It will soften our heart. Those rivers of living water will flow and refresh our soul. Also, 
soil that is produced, good soil that is produced in us. There's another thing that we need to do. We need to be a people that meditate on God's word, rooted and grounded in the word of God. How do we do that? We intentionally make room for it in our mind. And as we do, we'll start to make room for it in our heart. So I want to go to Proverbs 1, 2, and 3. It speaks about meditating on God's word. He said, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord who meditates on his law day and night? That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and who leaves do not wither. Whatever they do prospers. This person who is meditating on God's word, everything he does, his faith flourishes. He is empowered. He's filled with hope. He trusts in God more and more every day. So how can we do that? How can we meditate on a day and night? It's one thing to meditate on in the morning, to ponder it, but it says we are to meditate on it day and night. How do we do it? We make room for it in our mind all day long all day long, whatever might come our way. Say you're in a traffic jam, you know, and what what are you experiencing? If you're anything like me, I get frustrated, aggravated, especially if I'm late. So what do I need at the time? What do I need? I need patience. So where do I go? I go to the Word. I go to the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, kindness, and self-control. And what will happen as you focus there? That's what will happen. Patience starts to flood your soul. Peace starts to flood your soul. How do I know this? Because this is something I do. I find that it works. The Word of God is active. It's alive. It's alive and it will change your life. It will adjust what you're experiencing in your soul. And it's important when we wake, awaken every morning, what do we do when we awaken to start our day? When we awaken our day, it's, in our day it's so important. We start with prayer. We start with thanksgiving and we start declaring the word of God over our life. And you know a word that is powerful to declare? One that says, those who walk in the spirit will not satisfy the lust of the flesh. That is the one I fill my mind with throughout the day. That is the one the Holy Spirit said, I want you anchored in this one. I want you to become aware of the Spirit's leading. And how do you become aware of it? Because I am focused on that. Because I'm saying, he that is led by the Spirit of God will not satisfy the lusts of the flesh. Lead me, Lord. Lead me in your Spirit. And when you do that, you will start to see the will of God. You'll start to see yourself recognize the will of God. And the other thing that happens, if you're being led by the Spirit, what will happen is all throughout the day, whatever you might need, you'll find those scriptures, the word of God will start to fill your mind. If you need strength, the scripture could be, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. If I'm overwhelmed, lean not to my own understanding, but I trust in the Lord with all my heart. You will direct my path. If I'm heavy laden, I put the blanket of praise around me. The cloak of praise all the way around. Start praising the Lord. And if my faith starts to wander, I just declare all things are possible with God. Yes, yes. Take the word of God and intentionally focus on it. 
fill our mind with it, with all the other things it wants to go. Just keep focusing on the Word of God. Again, the word is a seed. You have to ask yourself, when I hear the word of God, when I hear it preached, or if I'm in my connect work, I'm reading it, are there areas in my heart that are hard, that I'm not receiving it at all? Because this can happen. It just jumps off the surface. It doesn't even penetrate. As I was recalling this and asking the Lord, he brought me back to when I was first newly saved. And this lasted actually for quite a while. One of the areas my heart stayed so hard, and it was the area of tithing. I just had, I heard, I heard the scripture I heard it being taught on. It did not connect. I did not want to do it. And I, I didn't even think, it didn't even enter my mind. To tithe. It didn't even enter my mind. In fact, when I, I put in $20, I thought I had really hit the big time. But to tithe never entered my mind because my heart for that particular area was so hard, so hard. Now, what was it? What was causing that? One thing, it was fear. It was fear of just not having enough. But the other part, it was also selfishness and greed and just wanting these things, money for my own pleasures. But God, at one point, he got my attention because at one point it will, because the word of God will pierce you at some point. It talks about this in Hebrews. It said in Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is active and alive, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And what happened? God, at one day, he revealed to me the condition of my heart. That word, the word penetrated it. And he showed me, you, you are not putting me first. You put me first in so many areas in your life. You honor me in so many areas. But I'll tell you, when it comes to finances, you're not doing that. You're not doing that. And so he showed me, and he took a scripture, one of the scriptures that was preached one day, and it pierced my heart. And it was the one in Proverbs, and this is what it said. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. That word was like a double-edged sword. And it went in, and it opened my heart. And I spoke to Jim about it, and Jim has always got an open and generous spirit. And so we did. We decided. We were obedient. We said, we will be obedient. We must put God first in every area. And we started to tithe that 10%. And you wanted to talk about blessings? God has blessed us. I mean, someone bought me a brand new car. A brand new car. I mean, really. You know, they said, all they asked, they said, the Lord asked us. The Lord said, we are to purchase you a new car. Go pick it out. The only thing we ask, don't tell anybody it was us because it wasn't us. It was the Lord. And along the way, thousands of dollars have come into our life when there was a great need for hospital bills that have come in along the way. God has surely blessed us. So once you let the word in, but remember the word, it is, it will judge the thoughts and attitude of your heart. It's going to pierce you, pierce you. And it's a good thing because it'll open up a whole new way, it'll open up a whole new way of joy. Because when we do things God's way, everything falls into place. Now, the second soil, 
is one where the seed goes in. In fact, when it goes in, you know, it starts to come in, it starts to penetrate, and in, in fact, you start to be filled with joy. That's what the scripture said. Think about it. I mean, this happens to us all the time. On a Sunday, you hear the message preached, you hear a word, you get excited about it. Wow, wow, great word. You take that word, you, you mark it in your Bible. You say, wow, great word. But it's also about counting the cost. It's not just about hearing it. It's about receiving it. It's about receiving it and then actually doing it. The seed can get in where you get excited about it. Say, that's, that's a really good word. You get excited, but it can still be in that shadow, in that shallow place because there can be a rock of resistance right below the, the edge. There is power in the word of God, but only if it is received, only if it really comes, the deeper it goes into you, it will sprout and be effective. So we have to be careful. Ask God to reveal to you, what is that rock of resistance? Is there a rock of resistance in my life? It can be different for different people. Some of the things, what could it be? It could be fear. It could be fear. It could be unforgiveness. It could be bitterness. And it can keep things trapped right there. Say it is unforgiveness. Any, any, any amount of it. It is so important. God wants us to know the freedom of forgiving. He tells us how to let that happen. How do we do that? How do we do it? What do we do? He says we pray for people. If someone has done something, someone's offended us, we just pray for them. And we're faithful in praying for them. And as we do, you will be released. And, and you will start to forgive. You'll feel that. You'll feel forgiveness. Flood your soul. It floods your emotions. It floods your mind. It floods everything about you. But God says that it's important that we forgive. Say it is bitterness. What do you do with bitterness? You can always tell just in your tone or the way you're going through life. If there's, if there's a bitterness in you, what do we do about it? It's the word of God. What you do, you pray. Oh, God, create in me a pure heart. Oh, God, renew. Please renew a right spirit in me. May the soil of my heart be that good soil. And when you press in like that, when you seek him, you will see those that bitter roots can be pulled out. Those rocks of bitterness because of your word, because of that prayer. Prayer is a sledgehammer that can break that off of you. Prayer is a sledgehammer. Break unforgiveness. Break bitterness off of you. It can break fear off of you too. The word of God. Say fear. Fear can rise up in you. Fear rears in many different ways. But what does God say about fear? We have to look to the Spirit. In the Spirit, God said, God, in the Spirit, I did not give you a spirit of fear. I gave you one of power, love, and a sound mind. That is what is in our spirit. That is what I need to release in your life. And as that word gets deposited in the good soil of your heart, you'll see it sprout. And see that come in your life. The word of God is powerful. It changes our life. When you're in a storm, it is a time of testing. I spoke about this in verse 16. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. But because they have no root, they believe for a while. But in times of testing, they fall away. What could it be? It could be sickness. It could be financial diligence difficulties, the death of a loved one, a child that's gone astray. It could be an offense. It could be a betrayal. 
in the storm, in these difficult situations, it is always an invitation for a breakthrough. I'll say that again. In the storm, it's an invitation for a breakthrough. Why? Because in the storm, you'll, you'll find yourself praying more. In the storm, you'll look to his word. And the word of God will start to break away that hard ledge, break through that hard soil. And when you start looking to Jesus more in the storm, you're looking to him. If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And those waters, Jesus will refresh your soul. The waters will take your heart and soften your heart so the word of God can come in. Yes, in a time of testing, it is an invitation for breakthrough. Or you can fall away. Or you can fall away. Again, we want to make room for God's word in our mind. And when we do, we will make room for it in our heart. Now, next, we're going to look to the thorns or the weeds. So the reeds, it says, when it goes into thorns, those who hear of it, but they go away and they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures. Your life is preoccupied with so many things. You're in the weeds. That used to be an expression we used all the time. You're in the weeds. We used to say that as a waitress. You're going here and there all over the place. You're pulled in so many directions. You need to have an anchor. God says you need an anchor. Yes. Jesus said you will know them by their fruits. I mean, Pastor Adam says it all the time. You can't, you, you won't know somebody's a Christian just because they have a bumper sticker that says they're a Christian, you know, with a fish on it. And I, it made me remember a story of uh, the, the pastor, the pastor that actually, my first pastor, his mom was just a darling woman, the sweetest woman. And she tells the story about her and her husband. They're driving along and they see this car. And on the back, it says, beep if you love Jesus. So they're like, oh, how sweet. You know, so they drive by and they're beeping and they're waving and the people flip them the bird. <laughs> Obviously, they weren't Christians. I don't know if they borrowed the car. They didn't know that was there. So again, you know, a Christian is defined by a transformed life when you become more and more Christ-like along the way. Now, what are some of these things that can choke the Word of God? You know, it's a big choker. It is worry. Worry, it chokes your faith. Worry, it fills you with fear. Worry, it just hardens your heart because when you're worrying, pride, it's pride. You're trying to take care of it on yourself. You're not trusting God. But there is a prayer. There's a prayer. There's a word of God that takes care of worry. And it's found in Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That scripture is a weed killer, a weed killer. It, for worry, that's really the only one you know. You really need to know. If you know that scripture and you're applying it to your life, it is going to work. That scripture has been my lifeline with Jimmy's health, with what's been going on in Jimmy's health. Every time a negative thought comes into my mind, all those what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what do I do? I just give it right to God. I just bring it and I say, God, you take it. And I start thanking him, thanking him for this day, thanking him for all the blessings in my life. And as I do, the peace of God just starts to flood my soul immediately. And so what I found is in the storm, I've had a breakthrough. I've had a breakthrough because in this storm, God has 
showed me how to pull all of those weeds of worry all around that was just choking my faith. He used this. He used this for me to depend on him and trust on him and trust him more and let go. He used this breakthrough. Remember, every test is an invitation to a breakthrough. Now let's go to riches, riches and pleasures. What happens? Your heart is pulled in so many different directions. I mean, these things can be very good, even with our children. You know, your children, they want to go to many different kinds of activities and they're good things. But if they take up so much time that you can't be stay rooted and grounded in your faith, it's not good. So we need to teach them from an early age. Who do we put first? We are a people. We put God's first. There's room for these other things, but there has to be room for that. Enough time for that in our lives. Life's pleasures, they can come in many different forms, many different forms. Um, it's your heart can be occupied with many different things. They just, just all these things that can just keep pulling, pulling, pulling for your heart. Now money, in amongst itself, it's, it's not bad, but how much money is too much money? That depends on how it is affecting your heart. You see, there is a risk with money because it can give you the illusion of power and the illusion of significance. You're at risk of finding your worth in your big house, your worth in the fancy car, your worth in your designer clothing. It's, it can become your soulish attempt to find your identity, your soulish attempt to feel worthy. And so what will happen is when that's happening, there'll be a hunger that'll grow for these things. So as you're hungering for these things, it can affect your hunger for the Lord. Remember what it says in scripture, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You have to ask yourself, am I taking in the word of God? Am I feeding my mind with it? Am I, or am I relying on Jesus all throughout the day? Or am I spending most of my time playing video games? I'm on Facebook. I'm watching TV. I'm shopping. I'm shopping. These, you know, all of these things are things of the world. There are no video games in heaven. There's not even shopping in heaven. <laughs> now, these things, there is not a, they're not a sin. But these things can really take over more and more of your life. And these pleasures are quick fixes. They are the quick fixes, right? They're like candy. You know how candy or sugar, it's a quick fix. It feels good. It feels good. It tastes good. But the more that you have candy, the more you want. This desire comes in for you more and more. Where Jesus said, there is something so much better, so much more satisfying. He says, it's me. <laughs> he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The word of God is our daily bread. So remember Jesus' words, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, rivers of living water will flow for us. It will flow through us, softening our heart, refreshing our soul all throughout the day. So in closing, daily, what do we need to do? Meditate on God's word. And as we go through the day, we intentionally make room for God's word in our head. We need to fill our mind with it so we can resist the temptation. We can stay strong in our faith.
We can hear God's voice. We can be led by the Spirit rather than fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And second, we need to guard our heart. In Proverbs, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And remember, make room for God's word in your head. And as you do, you will make room for it in your heart. So let me pray right now. Lord, I pray that this word, this word will penetrate us, Lord God. The words we heard today will penetrate us. And the prayer that we will all pray is, Lord, may the soil of my heart be that good soil, Lord God. May it remain good soil. May you always be reminding me of how I need to guard my heart, Lord. May we always be open to your word to realign my life, to correct me, to lead me and guide me in all these things, Lord. So we thank you for this day, Lord God. We rest in this day. We seek you all day long. And all God's people said, Amen. So to have a beautiful Sunday, please go and enjoy this day. Bye for now. Hey, was that a fantastic talk? And so uh, while, while the talk's uh, finished, we're not quite done this morning. Uh, I want to remind you that you can be faithful in your tithing uh, and your giving. Uh, there's three ways that you can partner with us to get the gospel out uh, around the world. And, and, and those three ways you can do that is you can go to our website, encnj.org uh, and just hit the giving icon. Uh, or you can give via text. My family and I give this way. If you just text the letters ENCNJ uh, to the number 77977, it's a very convenient way to give. Or you can mail in your check or money order uh, right here to our church offices at 101 Gibraltar Drive, right here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. And may God richly bless you uh, as you are faithful in your tithing and your giving. Hey, every nation, New Jersey, Jesus loves you, and I think you're pretty amazing, too. Have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.